Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the Cincinnati Reds. All right, guys, if you found the channel, do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button. I am down. I lost a subscriber. I'm down to 607. I'm not sure what I did to lose one, but... Let's try to get that back and get another person back and another person back and try to get up to 700 as fast as we can. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right. Well, I want to bring up something that for some reason in the sports world doesn't seem like it's gotten that much coverage that I think was a really big thing to happen last night. Last night was the first sporting event in four months to have fans in the stands. It was the NASCAR All-Star Race. Now, they only had about 20,000 uh, fans in the stands. It was at Bristol. It holds over 100,000. They all spread out. They all wore masks. And so far, it looks like it went off without a hitch. Now, hopefully, that is the start start of fans going back to our sporting events. I know it's not going to happen in the NBA or the NHL. They're both being in bubbles and that's not going to happen. But hopefully, maybe baseball, when playoffs roll around, maybe they'll start letting fans in. The NFL is still on track as far as I know. It's being a season ticket holder for the Bengals to have fans in the stands. So I don't understand why this wasn't a bigger story. To me, this is huge. You know, they let people back in and nobody's talking about it. I don't understand why because, well, if you want to know my personal opinion, I think everybody is wants to, you get more clickbaits and more stuff on the bad stuff and the and, and the down and dreary and all this is the woe is me stuff. This is exciting. This is a good thing. You know, we're trying to come back. All sports in about three weeks is going to be back. All of them. I mean, except football because well, it's not football season yet, but all of them are going to be back. And like I said, we just had a first one with fans of the stands. Like I said, I, I think it's great, uh, great thing for sports, great thing for this country. Like I said, I just wish you'd get more coverage. So now this brings me to my next point. It's my little two cents here. And we've been discussing it on uh, Bearcat Country that what about college football and basketball, you know, about them playing Playing it all, playing with their fans, playing with some fans, or you're just bagging a whole season. Okay. My opinion is, I just say, you yourself. Now, see, I do have a college-age uh, son. He's not the college football player. I would be awesome if he was, or he was a hockey player. I've been crazy as a college hockey player. But anyway, he's he's just a, a regular student. Really smart kid, though. Anyway, um, just say you had a college-age football player or basketball player. This is just my personal opinion. Don't you think they would get the best medical attention from the doctors and the medical staff at the universities than they would get at their own home? Just my opinion. College football fans, I don't know if you, you're let them in or not. I, I don't really care. I, you know, I, mean, I do care. I like to go because I like to go to Nipper, but the, the narrative where people are scared that 
college football players going there and testing positive. Okay, they're testing positive. A lot of them are already going there and testing positive. And they're worried about traveling around the country. <coughs> Excuse me, country and stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to spread and kids are going to, to die. But to me, it's put it this way. I think you would get the best medical attention at your school with the or with not the NCAA doctors, but with the college doctors and the college staff there. And there's another story out that Colgate College, I think they've decided to open their campus up because a lot of students are not from that area. So they are they still paid rent for their off-campus uh, apartments or whatever. So they're going to be going there to the town and just taking their online classes in their apartment. So they decided to open campus up. That way they can control the narrative. They can control, you know, they do testing, they can do all this. And if the kid's sick, they can send them, send them home, tell them to quarantine. They can control it a little better. And that's where I, again, with college students, college athletes, I think if you have them on campus or coming in and out of campus and you test them, I know it would be difficult. I'm not saying any of this is easy. None of this is easy, but it's doable. And you get a plan of trying to test people, find out who's positive, find out who's who's negative. If, if you're showing symptoms, you can control it a little more better than if you just tell everybody to stay home. You don't really know what anybody's doing. Does that make sense? So I personally think that college uh, football and basketball should be played. I would personally be more concerned about basketball than football because it's indoors. So football, you're in a big open air stadium. It's harder to pass it on according to the experts, but these are also the experts that told us not to wear a mask back in March. And now they're telling us to wear a mask. So anyway, that's my little two cents on this whole thing. Um, now the other thing, other issue uh, that, or idea, I should say, people have had is about playing football in the spring. My opinion, it's not viable because, all right, let's put it to you this way. Say you start your 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 season in March, okay, and you, you got three months, you go to May. All right, well, then you give them, what, a month, month and a half off, and the season's going to start in September, so they got to start rolling, at least getting started by the end of July, and then roll right into another season. So I don't think that's safe for the student athletes as far as just letting their bodies recover from playing football. Now, if you only just do a regular season, a full regular season from March to May, that doesn't even include bowl games. So, which they probably wouldn't do any, but that's normally what a college season is. That's why, especially if you have a national championship, if you're going to try and do that, that rolls into another two weeks, three weeks, however long you want to do it. It's just... It's not very feasible to do it and to be able to roll into the next season and just keep the student athletes healthy. I mean, not not from the COVID-19, just physically healthy because football is a very, very violent sport. That's why they only play it once a week. That's why they get, you know, six, seven months off before they start playing a full season again. So this whole idea of playing spring football just doesn't work. Now, if you want to push it back, say October, November, you could, that would work out a little better. But again, 
for me, I don't understand why you'd want to push it back more toward cold and flu season, which is right around Thanksgiving. <laughs> so that's where, if it's me, I'm thinking you start now or what the season supposed to start and you end it by Thanksgiving, which is normally what they do anyway. And then maybe you don't, you don't have as many bowl games. You just have the important bowl games, you know? Still have play the national championship, stuff like that, you know? We don't need 27 bowl games, you know? They're fun. I love them, but they're not necessary this year. So these are just my two cents on just college football in general, college basketball, how they're going to do it. The thing is, we're going to all going to have to live with this virus. You're either going to get sick or you're not going to get sick. The good thing is we're four months into it. Our doctors are a lot better at taking care of it than they were before. So we just keep doing the best you can to your social distancing and keep moving forward. One other point I want to say about the spring football thing is you will not get any of the top players in college football to play. Anybody who's go to enter the draft, none of them will play. So what kind of college football are you going to have? To me, it's like you either play it in the fall or you just bag the whole thing. All right. Yesterday was tag day. Tag day came and went. And the Bengals and A.J. Green did not come to a long-term contract. Honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm not surprised. A.J. is coming off back-to-back injured plague season. I think he's 31, I think. That's getting up there for football players. And honestly, I think this would be A.J.'s last year for the Bengals, especially if T. Higgins has a great rookie year. I said this on yesterday's show. When you want to become a consistent winning playoff multiple Super Bowl team, which is what I want the Bengals to become, and you have a quarterback as good as Joe Frigaburro, which... I think he is. We're going to find out. You have to have interchangeable parts. You can't just spend all your money on a wide receiver and not have money left over for your offensive line. You know, they've got to be, I mean, especially when they get up to age. Sorry, you got to cut them. That's a business. Again, I love A.J. Green. He's one of my favorite Bengals of all time. But it's just business. That's what you have to do to be a consistent winner. And when you get that quarterback, I cannot emphasize that enough. Once you get that quarterback, which I don't know if we have him. I'm pretty sure we do. But once you get him, you have to keep him upright, keep that offensive line and defense line strong. And the rest of the skill positions are all interchangeable. Like I said, now, this goes for Joe Mixon as well. Now, the Bengals, they have to move on to Joe Mixon's contract. Now, Joe faces one very big issue in his hopes to get a big contract in next offseason. Two of them, actually. One, it's a very deep free agent running back class and a very, very good running back draft class. Now, the other thing that Joe has to consider, which I don't know if anybody's really talked about that, about this, is the COVID-19. Now... With the possibility of NFL games having little to no fans, that means that there should be less money coming in. That means there'll be less revenue sharing. That means the cap probably isn't going to move that much. So it means less money for players, less money, especially for running backs. Sorry, running backs, 
I know Derrick Henry just signed a big contract, but if you really look at the contract, he's only guaranteed for two years. That's the kind of contract that the Bengals need to sign Joe Mixon to. And honestly, the way things are going with all the running backs in free agency, all the running backs coming in uh, from college next year, there's not going to be as much money because you got the COVID-19 stuff going on. And you don't really know what's going on future-wise with, you know, getting sick and things like that. I honestly think it's in Joe's best interest to sign a contract like Derrick Henry signed with the Titans, where it's guaranteed basically for two years, and then it's not. But that would be a great contract for the Bengals and for, I think, Joe. I mean, yeah, it would be a great contract if he gets guaranteed for four years. All the money, you know, $125 million. That's not going to happen. Like I said, there's too many things going against Joe. I'm sorry. And with the decline of the running back, and I'm sorry, but with Ezekiel Elliott's contract and um, the other contracts that these big running backs have signed in the last couple years and have not lived up to the contracts, it's not good for Joe. None of it's good for Joe. I mean, if I had a kid and he played – it was good enough athlete to play football. I'd have him play any other position than running back <laughs> because there's so many running backs and there's so many good running backs. It's easy. Like I said, it's going to be a consistent winner. You got to have interchangeable parts. And unfortunately, Joe is in a very interchangeable position. But again, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love Joe Mixon. I want to keep him. We just got to keep him under, I don't say under a salary cap. Just And I'm not even saying be cheap about it. Just be smart. All the Bengals have to do is be smart. And I think Joe needs to be smart and his agent needs to be smart about their actual situation of what is going on, of the opportunities that Joe may or may not have out there. Anyway. All right. Reds news. Shogo Akiyama is adjusting to his new surroundings. On Wednesday, Shogo lined a double to right field. That was followed up by three hits and two double his two double performance on Sunday. I got this from MLB.com. I don't think I'm comfortable yet, Akiyama said before Wednesday's game. I've been able to get hits, but I think the best part of it right now is that I've been able, I've been getting daily at bats against great pitching for the Reds. Now, the only thing you got to take out of that, great pitching for the Reds. When was the last time you heard that about our Cincinnati Reds? Great pitching. Now, I know it's a Red saying that, but he's not the only one saying it. Lots of people are coming around to my way of thinking, saying we got the uh, best starting staff in the NL Central. Top three in the NL, maybe? I can't wait. A week from today, baseball starts. A week from tomorrow... Reds are back in action. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. Like I said, hopefully we'll make the playoffs and hopefully they'll let us, at least some of us, come into the stadium. I have uh, Facebook groups that I help run, and I'd like you guys to join them. we got Bengals Nation, Bearcats Country, Reds Country, and Cyclones Country. Now, I know a lot of you are working or driving around, can't watch the YouTube show, so i got a podcast. It's the same thing. You just don't see my moneymaker here, my face. <laughs> um, so check it out on Beanpot, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. And uh, give me a, do me a favor. Give me a five-star review. 
Now, I'm trying to gain subscribers on YouTube. Somehow I lost one. So I'm not sure what I did, but I apologize for whoever <laughs> didn't subscribe, unsubscribe to me. And uh, let's try to boost that up and get to 700 as fast as we can. Today's Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. I mean, did Zeke of the Week. So do me a favor, you guys got any thoughts on who you want to nominate versus Zeke of the Week? You can message me down below. You can also hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. Other than that, you guys have a great day, and that's just sports, baby. See you guys.